0: Hi, I'm Rajor Shidash, and you're listening to Queerness and Storytelling in India. Today I have with me a former colleague, a friend, Rajendra Parihar, who is the Associate Professor of English in Ramjas College, University of Delhi. So Raj has recently also uh, completed his PhD thesis in Jawaharlal Nehru University from where he has also done his MPhil. And from what I know, Raj, your PhD thesis is uh, concerned with sport and you are someone whom I have, you know, perhaps one of the few uh, people whom I know in the campus who is queer and also watches sports. But unlike me, of course, you play tennis, you know, so you are someone who plays and watches tennis and other, uh, other sports. So I just wanted to know from you, What is your
1: thesis about and why sport? Um, Thank you, Rajashree, for having me on your show. Uh, This is, uh, in fact, the first time I'm ever doing a sort of full-fledged conversation on a podcast. So uh, thank you and thank you for (laughs) introducing me. Yeah, your question is about uh, playing sports and and also writing about it. Yeah. Uh, so yes, I have uh, submitted uh, a PhD thesis which I'm, you know, reading to defend very soon. I hope, and uh, it's uh, it's a study of uh, African American narratives uh, mm-hmm. where uh, where I sort of critical uh, critically study uh, autobiographies. Um, self-representation of African-American athletes in, in autobiographical narratives, mm-hmm. um, ranging from early 20th century uh, to 21st century, where where you know uh, I explore uh, the interplay of <clears throat> sport, uh, societal cultures, and politics uh, in America and, and you know the world at large. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of uh, you know the 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 crux of my my work. I of course you know um, talk about uh, tennis uh, as a as a focal sort of uh, sort of location of African American male and female uh, athletes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's something that uh, that I'm looking forward to defend, and I maybe once I have the PhD, I will be able to talk more about it.
0: I remember that's so exciting actually, and I remember uh, Claudia Rankins' book, The Citizen: in American Lyric, which kind of uses poetry uh, to talk about uh, racism, and that includes also Islamophobia. And I remember there was a chapter on uh, Serena Williams, and I know you are a huge Serena fan, and I have been sort of this, um, I have kind of jinxed, uh, I think, you know, some of her finals, and I remember you told me that you don't want to watch this one final with me because the last two times I was there with you, uh, Serena, ended up using uh, those finals. So is Serena part of your thesis?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, she is. Uh, she's part of uh, you know, my dedication as well. And uh, she's a huge impact um, on uh, you know, my, my love for sport and also uh, me being uh, an Indian, uh, um, especially uh, being a, a Dalit man and uh, who uh, and also a queer person um I, as you mentioned Cla- uh, claudia renkin and you know yes yes i have you know uh, actually studied her work especially an american lyric citizen american mm-hmm. lyric and i have sort of quoted her especially in my chapter um, on serena williams's writings and, and claudia renkin is, is, is really really powerful uh, her chapter on serena williams and how she is dealt with uh, you know racism um especially the politics of of the body of the black female body and how uh you know it's it's it's, it's racist uh you know the term or uh, the, the 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 stereotype the black people uh, uh in pop culture um is, is is something that you know is really really powerful uh the book is 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 one of a kind book mm-hmm. um and i think what was the other question you asked in fact i i, I I could not address part of your first question. I believe you said, uh, um, what was the question that someone who plays uh, yeah, uh, like, the sport? Yeah, like, you know, like, I don't know many,
0: uh, like, I have heard so much about queer people, uh, gay boys talk about Mathuri, Sridevi, and, you know, the Bol- Bollywood in general. And... Mm-hmm. Personally, I have also been a huge fan of Margaret Dixit, but I have also been a huge, I am a huge fan of Stania Mirza, and I always look up to her, uh, you know, for strength. And I think we have had this discussion in the past as well. So I was wondering, like, what does it mean to be queer and to be into sports, which is, uh, you know, seen as something which is masculine and often people don't immediately identify or you know, look for role models in sports. So how does that work for you?
1: You know, um, it seems like, you know, my life narrative is intertwined with uh, my discovery of tennis. It just seems like very uh, cliched, uh, you know, uh, but uh, when I think of it yesterday, you know, two days back uh, was the day Monica is stabbing happened happened like 29 years ago. And I was actually thinking and or I even tweeted about it.
0: Yeah, I, saw I, was,
1: it. Uh, I was like 11 or 12 years old and had just discovered tennis, uh, never seen a tennis court, uh, never seen a racket or a real ball. But uh, to uh, some friends, uh, you know, talking about in school and uh, newspaper cuttings, our sort of Doordarshan clip that I saw on a Sunday, some sports show. And then reading in some magazines, like Hindi uh, magazine, about this. Just for your GK quiz, you know, GK preparation, then you come to know about Steffi Grapp and Andre Agassi and Pete Sampras and Monica sellers and all of that. And how I got really, really fascinated uh, about this sport. You know, I used to try other sports, but um, I don't know, for some, for some reason, you know, the, the team sports um, that I loved, but felt... Uh, a very sort of alienating sort of, uh, sport, uh, the boy, you know, the, the boys culture of mm-hmm. whether playing football or, or cricket or even kabaddi and such sports, you know, when you play in the villages. Uh, so I don't know, like now over the years, I, I realized what is it about tennis that, you know, had, uh, you know, me so, so like getting into it. Um, uh, so um, before Serena, Serena, I mean, I have pretty much uh, sort of seen and covered and, and followed the entire, you know, trajectory of the, the careers of Serena and Venus Williams, uh, because they start when they started. I was just, you know, I, f- I had finished my school and all that. So, you know, I followed them, you know, as much as I could do. But even before them, Monica Seles uh, was my sort of uh, my, what do you call it, my icon. Yeah. Um, of course, you know, Sridevi and Madhuri were also uh, <laughs> something that I followed. Of course, uh, the Bollywood music and then uh, movies. You know, when only basically Doodarshan was the access to movie or Chitraha, mm-hmm. back in the day, in, you know, sort of nineties. Uh, but uh, you know, uh, before that, I think in Martin and Avatilova, I mean, I owe um, so much to Martin and Lova. Uh, was the first person that I remember uh, was mentioned as, as a as a queer, gay slash lesbian, lesbian person <laughs> in a Hindi sort of newspaper uh, when when I had just hooked onto tennis, and it was very confusing to you know use the, uh, to read the word samlangic, uh mm. for an athlete that I admired so much, and the, the the article that was there in the newspaper was so homophobic uh, and and you know uh, in nature that it shook me, uh, you know, in a way uh, which, you know, which, which I could not comprehend for many, many years. Um, Arthur Ash, of course, is, is, is my hero. And uh, I also read about Arthur Ashe early. And, and I, I talk about Arthur Ashe's work, especially his, his writing uh, in, in, my, in my work. Uh, he wrote extensively. Um, so, you know, my heroes have... Uh funnily, of course, you know, Dr. Ambedkar is, is the man uh who is you know is the most important person mm-hmm. uh for me as a as a sort of first generation academic or the second generation learner from, from my community, uh from my village. Uh but uh after him, I think is is the sports people, men, women, uh Belizean King, of course, uh, and Nevitilova and uh Salis and William Sisters and Arthur Hesh, uh, mm-hmm. they have been my heroes. Um, even though you know, m- you know, not all of them are queer, but you know, I think I don't know where where does um, this uh, strength and this uh, this uh, this association and appeal uh, comes uh, uh, to me from them? I think I have always been fascinated about their life stories, um, where the Monica the reading about Monica Seles, how she you know from Yugoslavia as a very very young nine, 10 year old girl, she came to America, and you know, and how she became one of the best uh, tennis players, or the story of Navratilova, or Billie Jean King, or Ashe, uh, with the Williams sisters, which which now is you know part of a and a motion picture, which which uh, for which uh, you know recently Will Smith won uh, right. the best actor Oscar trophy. So I think uh, all these lives um, have demonstrated to me. Uh, basically, ideas of resistance and equality and freedom and empowerment uh, and, and and autonomy and and when I think of you know Billie Jean King or Neeru uh, even Arthur Ashe, uh, how in a way they inspired me to living one's truth. I mean, it was I mean it took me years and years to figure out uh, what is uh, being truthful uh, to yourself or or, uh, and, or or recognizing or discovering one's True self, but I think they they really really uh, helped me navigate uh, my journey of being a sort of lonely, uh, awkward queer child in 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 sort of remote Rajasthan village. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I sound very sentimental <laughs> talking about no, all this.
0: it's a it's a story i mean, invested in sentiments, and I was actually wondering, like, did someone introduce you to tennis in Rajasthan, or uh, did you just? Yes,
1: so the story is like, you know, I was uh, probably in sixth or seventh, and I had never heard the word tennis. I never knew. We I mean, didn't have television, but some uh, some upper caste boy in the school uh, were talking, you know, during the you know the 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 physical education hour or something in the in the sports ground, which is basically nothing a ground. Where people played football. That's the only sport we had, more or less. Kabaddi, football, and volleyball, maybe. Mm-hmm. So they were like talking about tennis and throwing names like Gabriela Sabatini and and Pete Sampras, and I'm like, what are these names? I can't even you know uh, pronounce them. Uh, but I was fascinated because I, I use I was reading uh, you know a lot. Um, of newspapers for G K school G K like who is the prime minister and who is this and that you know Hindi me, so I'm like why not I just uh, rem, you know memorize these names uh, for for G K the morning you know assembly G K and all that, and then I saw their images and newspapers and then uh, you know with uh, with a sort of regular sort of red ball and some some like wooden handle or something we try hit the ball on the sort of ground and I just loved the idea of hitting a ball across. You know two sides uh like you know and i just love the individuality of this sport like where i don't have to you know be in a group of people and you could just you know control uh the motion of the sport the victory and the defeat um of course you know over the years we started learning about the the size of the court and how to play but you know i i i got a tennis racket only after uh you know after did my metric and my you know i for like an a year i fought with my father like mujhe tennis racket tennis racket so my father yeah got me a, an aluminum racket from jodhpur uh, so i remember that day uh, very clearly uh, uh, but and then in college you know i played a little bit of tennis um, in ajmer in rajasthan i was once uh, you know part of the college team which played the you know university tournament um, in my setting, third year of college, and in JNU again, I played uh, because they were tennis courts and I lived in the hostel. Uh, and I think uh, coming to JNU, I bought my first real uh, during Amphil, uh, real tennis racket, uh, which was a sort of secondhand fight racket uh, from uh, a sort of a, a sort of a secondhand store in uh, I believe Vasant Kunj or Vasant Vihar. And when I got my job, uh, sort of in Ramjas. I bought a sort of real new set sort of tennis rackets. So, I mean, all these days I remember. I can clearly remember, uh, you know, buying a racket and you know just uh, or or setting setting my, uh, you know, my feet on a real tennis racket uh, court in 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 Ajmer or in in in, uh, in or in America in Iowa where you know I played right. a hell lot of tennis <laughs> for one year. <laughs>
0: Did you play in the field house? Is that where you play the indoor court? No,
1: no, field house didn't have tennis court. They had um, they had the swimming and you know other indoor facility. They had, you know, uh, badminton and uh, racquetball and so many other sports. Uh, but I played at Hawkeye. There's a tennis center sort of right. like five, six yeah. kilometers away. So I, I used yeah. to bike there. I mostly played uh, with a guy from Egypt, uh, uh, a guy from Japan, uh, and then there was one or two Indian guys. And also there was Iowa tennis team who also used to practice uh, so I used to go there uh, most, you know, at nights uh, or in the in the snow time. You know, we played there. Um, but I I lived near the near the Iowa Public sort of courts, which were like a walk from my place uh, where I had a a studio apartment. So I used to play there as well as sometimes I would play there, come back, have dinner, and then go to bike to the 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 main center. Uh, so yeah, I played a lot of tennis uh, in Iowa. So I think it's very strong memories of uh, I was like so, so overwhelmed with the uh, opportunity to play uh, there. Yeah, I mean, I can't play tennis, as you know, and I wish I had learned. And, you know, because then I could. No, have... I, I'm, I'm self-taught. I mean, I didn't, uh, you know, I did just one 15 days uh, sort of summer you know tennis learning camp in Jodhpur, mm-hmm. um, where I just knew, I just learned how to hold the racket, a forehand grip and backhand grip and volley. And basically just the few tips, you know, but uh, over the years, I just started just following players, you know, watching them, uh, buying some books. Uh, um, uh, I remember when I was an ad hoc at Hindu, uh, Tapan Basu and his wife gifted me a book of, you know, of of fine tuning tennis strokes. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, so buying books and, you know, DVDs and, and just watching over the years and and trying to play with, you know, college uh, players here or, or uh, in the US and just uh, that's how I just just like a learning uh, and then try to uh, emulate some of your favorites uh, mm-hmm. players so like I have a um, double I sometimes do double-fisted forehand uh, like Monica Sellers. Wow. I try to play a uh, backhand like Emily Morizmo or, or <laughs> Peter, Roger Quedas. I mean nobody can do that but I try to do that just so for you fun.
0: play single-handed and also slice it
1: yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, sometimes I try to do staffy graph slice. Uh, I single-handedly I like try to do Emily Moresmo or or Federer. Uh, even in forehand, I try to uh, uh, sort of. I sometimes try to do staffy graphs. Like a mix. It's a mess. Uh, it's a mix of all of this. So, yeah. yeah that's a well, lot. It's fun. It. I think. Uh, it's. I mean, being on tennis court makes me the happiest. I mean, it's 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 not exaggerated. Yeah, I can hear the excitement in your voice and. And uh-huh.
0: I was wondering, like, you know, the I mean, obviously, people who are into in literature, they know about the uh, set of connections between Dalit Panther and Black Panthers or mm-hmm. the, in terms of the form and the testimonial, yeah. you know, which uh, which often comes from specifically mm-hmm. African literature, especially, uh, you know, Rigoberta Mancho and others and how Bama and others have kind of written in Mm -hmm. similar forms. And I was wondering, uh, do you see any kind of parallel between uh, some of the sports icon that you mentioned, especially sports icon, uh, black sports icon, Mm -hmm. and Dalit icons in India? Because sport in India is much more casteist and has, you know, the hierarchies are pretty much out there for everybody to see. So, but I was wondering if you had any, anybody in mind who is an... Yeah,
1: right, right. You know, so I know I argue in my work, how sport in, you know, any, you know, as a cultural institution, how it does not operate in isolation from, you know, broader sort of larger society. So, you know, of course, uh, the history of uh, sort of tennis or, you know, even other sports, uh, say baseball or football in America. They all have sort of, so much of racist uh, uh, mm-hmm. sort of histories, you know, of of exclusion of the of the black people, and how over the years, I mean, you know, the the black people have to wait and 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 resist and 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 fight and and do a hell lot of uh, of this um, struggle to be included, because you know the the the, the field was never you know level it was never level playing field, so. Um, I haven't read much about um, the the participation of Dalits in in sports in India, but you know you, it's it's clearly visible. Um, uh, you know, I that uh, you know over the years, whether it's the Indian cricket you know team or hockey team or other you know track and field right. or you know all the other sports, uh, tennis included, uh, billiards, snooker, badminton, all of them. You can see how many of uh, you know the representation um, is from the nscsc or the dalit uh, you know communities so um, you know access to sport uh, in uh, in india is also a very class based and caste based sort of uh, mm-hmm. arena so that's something you know i find fascinating so I, what i try to do i'm interested in you know, reading sports uh, critically uh, through life narratives and, and and sort of you know sort of cultural uh, sort of histories to you know delve into how society functions and and uh, yeah so it's it's it's, it's it, I see sport as a as a mode of social interaction um, across you know caste class and especially in India and gender
0: yeah I was I mean I wanted to go back a little bit to what you said about uh, tennis being an individual sport. And mm-hmm. I was wondering, like, we often, you know, especially when it comes to queer communities, we tend to often celebrate communities and also some, to some extent romanticize, you know, community formations. So I was wondering, mm-hmm. like, in Delhi, when you moved to Delhi, did mm-hmm. you? what did you make of the queer spaces? I don't know exactly what was it like in Jawaharlal in University when you mm-hmm. came there, but then when you moved to Delhi University as an assistant professor, and now, of course, you're associate professor. So what what did you notice in terms of activist spaces? Was the community, was there a community and was it kind of inclusive?
1: Oh, very interesting question. Um, You know, about 19 years ago, I came to Delhi when I was, uh, you know, it's just, you know, I, I had finished my MA and, you know, by a fluke, I just got through the JNU entrance exam and, and you know, came to Delhi for the first time. Uh, so, why, but, do you, why do you say fluke? Yes. Why do you say fluke? Uh, you know, it just out of a uh, sort of, I didn't even know about, J, you know, JNU or, you know, I thought, you know, JNU is a university where only rich people could study. So somebody who was, uh, you know, applying for this form, just in Sicily, fill up the form and, uh, just try if you want to do MPhil because, you know, I tried to apply for Amphil in, in Jaipur and uh, the teachers that I knew and people that I knew upper caste, they discouraged me. And took, they told me, nobody will wow. take you. We don't, you know, anyways, we don't take SCST students. So like you have to had uh, had to have a very good rapport with those professors who were, of course, the departments were upper caste men and women so i was like i had no hope i you know i didn't i never heard about some someone from sc community having an mphil in english so mm-hmm. i had no hope uh, so uh, but the only hope was to try for BA or you know net exam which i was doing and uh, at the the the, the store the, the bookstore employment news you know the store and there was an a genuine entrance form and uh, you know my fellow who had an uncle in delhi uh, in, in civil service uh, had, you know, advised him to apply for JNU. Uh, and he, he told me, aap bhi you know, and then so I like, okay, why not just try? And, uh, and then, I mean, I can talk uh, on an entire separate podcast about casteism uh, hmm. that I faced uh, or saw in uh, school, college, universities, uh, especially in Rajasthan. Uh, so, you know, I had no hope uh, about that. But uh, you know, you, your question is about discovering queerness and the uh, queer uh, queerness in the JNU campus. Yeah, I mean, not um, just you know,
0: discovering, was... but what kind of communities did you find? And was it... I,
1: I? did not. I was not. Uh, I was. I was extremely bottomed up uh, and closeted for a long time, uh, and uh, so I didn't know. I didn't have access to internet. Uh, even if i had i was too um, uncomfortable and uh, struggling with just you know me uh, other things you know like english language mm-hmm. i couldn't speak english um, i came from hindi medium background so it was difficult to interact with even the classmates in jnu or teachers in, in sort of fluent english and so you know working on my english you know spending a l- lot of time on, in libraries trying to type learn to type learn to access computer, Internet, you know, so that was a lot of sort of, you know, sort of work that I was focusing on uh, being queer. Uh, I didn't even know. I didn't even know. You know, I probably had heard the term gay, but I didn't sort of care or didn't uh, want to know more about it because I was too sort of uh, scared, basically, for, for many years. Um, and I thought, like the the road of life would be heterosexuality. So, yeah, that was it. But yeah, it took me at least for five years after Delhi to you know uh, to come out to my best friends, mm-hmm. and uh, and even after that, you know, I didn't you know uh, make friends uh, in the community. So uh, it took it took me you know a long time. Uh, only maybe when I was in my late twenties, I had. Sort of queer friends uh and thanks to america when i traveled to the us and become more confident and, and about my queerness and um, discovering the world at large uh, but yes i noticed in while living in JNU, i mean i'm talking about you know 18 19 years away ago Mm -hmm. I, I, there was, there used to be a small sort of group called Anjuman or something in back then, which had like 10 or five or six people, a part of the group, you know, a few women and a few uh, men, boys. And I used to just uh, look at them from a distance uh, because there's so much of homophobic conversation in the, in the, in the hostel that I lived in, which was like an ABVP majority hostel, area hostel. So even if even if I wanted to know these people or, you know, what they did or, you know, the kind of events they did, it was a very minuscule sort of group uh, and everybody, most people, you know, like frowned at them or saw them as like aliens or something. Uh, it's just strange, you know, when I think of it, I feel, I have such a such, um, strange feeling and also I feel, also feel I have, I carry a... F- Feeling of guilt when I think of those years because it's almost like they were untouchables, and I, being a Dalit person, also practiced that untouchability uh, to you know stay away from those people. I mean, I, I admired their strength and courage, uh, but I didn't have the courage to you know uh, to meet them or talk to them. Uh, um, I was just too focused on on you know just getting sort of good grades. Uh, um, and uh yeah you know all those years Which is also my friends were you know all the friends were you know straight people and you know very straight having girlfriends and all that so uh i don't know the, the entire sort of most people were such that uh that would not allow me to you know even um sort of face my own queerness
0: mm-hmm.
1: those years forget about going to the internet and, you know, finding the world of the queerness or read about queerness and all that. And I'm not sure, like 19 years
0: back, how active was Planet Romeo? Was it, was it active? Was had, it there? I have no
1: idea. I heard about okay. it um, only in, you know, 2010 uh, uh, sometime. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of weird. It's almost gone
0: now. I don't know many people who use that app anymore, but...
1: I never used it, but I know what, what, you know, I heard about it and, you know, people would uh, say, you don't know this. And I'm like, no, I don't know this because, you know, I was so bottled up and uh, so bottled up. And I, I knew that, you know, I need to focus on things that um, that would help me, you know, get a job or, yeah. or
0: something. I mean, which makes sense, because uh, even if you think about I mean, from what I know about Anjuman, it's not like it was just a be or the right who, you know, mm-hmm. had issues with them, also
1: the left. I, I remember one, one incident really, really impacted me. I was um, in the hostel, of course, during Amphil, and there was an one incident when Anjuman had invited one speaker to talk about queerness in, in a Satluj hostel or so, and a group of sort of ABVP people have, yeah. had attacked the venue and did not allow that talk to happen. It was just a talk, mm-hmm. but uh, how it was sort of vandalized and stopped, it really, really shook me yeah. It's, so, um, you know, the, the right has been, uh, you know, has consistently, you know, sort of anti uh, queer yeah. all over the years. Uh, even, even you know, con- any conversation were not allowed uh, or a speaker coming in and speaking on LGBT rights. I mean, uh, that was pre 2019, uh, 2009. Uh, so that was, you know, um, homosexuality was not uh, decriminalize or, or anything it was just a, a, a huge taboo even for jnu imagine
0: yeah yeah that's what i was thinking it was a taboo even within left and i'm i'm wondering like uh now when you see all this talk about uh gay marriage which is coming from both uh liberal you know Uh, groups, but also from very Hindutva kind of so-called queer, I don't know what to call this, I think the queer Mm -hmm. Hindu alliance uh, that handle, there is of course other groups and associations. So what do you make of these, on one hand, alliance between the right and uh, the, Mm -hmm. and queerness, certain kinds of queerness, and the larger discussions around gay
1: marriage? I mean, I think I find it fascinating. You know, I, 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 I sometimes feel like, you know, the world of, you know, the, you know, 15, 16, 17 years ago of JNU and now how, you know, sort of, uh, sort of, you know, leaf as far as, you know, LGBT awareness or recognition or has, uh, you know, uh, has happened. Uh, so, um, when I think of same-sex unions or uh, marriage um i i i find it interesting uh, of course i i support uh, you know that you know there should be recognition of same-sex unions slash marriage in india uh, but of course you know so far it it hasn't happened so um i sometimes i follow you know the delhi high, high court ruling and you know the conversation but i'm not very keenly following it for some reason uh, uh, I find it, I mean, I support, you know, citizens, right, queer citizens, right, whether they're on the right or the left to choose, um, uh, you know, same sex unions. Uh, I'm with them that, you know, they sh- should have the right to choose um, a legal recognition, uh, whether it's marriage or same sex unions. But I personally, I don't know. I don't feel s- excited about the idea of it, Uh because, you know, caste is something also, you know, defines, uh, you know, me. Uh, not that I choose to define, but caste has defined my life experiences. Um, so, um, yeah, it's good for those who really want to uh, marry. Um, legally, you know, all of us should have the that, um, uh, uh, that right to choose to, you know, marry or not marry, but... Uh, but yeah it's i you know as a, as a as a dalit person i find it fascinating and and also uh as I, I i find myself in a peculiar situation i mean i wonder who will marry me <laughs> mm mm-hmm. so do you want
0: to get you want do you want to get married do you have someone in mind
1: uh not not i i don't really think about it uh much but uh whether it's living relationships or, or marriage, but I really, really, I'm I really support my friends who are really, really looking forward uh, to marriage in India. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I know I'm not really good with the laws and legal. I I think I am lazy when it comes to following all these same-sex marriage rights in India. Whether it should be done through Hindu rights or or or. You know, I'm, I'm just not a fan, not a fan uh, of yeah. especially of rights. And, you know, like uh-huh. uh, sort of really just just go to a court and get married. I mean, If I have to marry, I'll do that. I won't do the the lehenga thing or the, so, you know, the mm-hmm. pajama and the, the entire sort of Savarna Hindu, basically Brahminical ritual of marriage and the marriage acts and, and all um mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm sorry I feel I feel I sound very cynical, so um yeah, and I mean, uh, it has happened that many of my friends find I'm very cynical, so they try to it seems to me that they uh, they have distanced themselves from me <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah I because mean, I'm not a big fan of marriage uh, uh, um, anyways I, I think it's it's good for you. Because I'm
0: thinking, like I don't know people who I don't know many people who are like very excited, but yes, uh, I know people who would perhaps want to do like some kind of civil union, even though I don't necessarily mm-hmm. often understand the difference, especially between let's say monogamy and mm-hmm. and uh, uh, marriage, although I think it might be very different. Uh, because you were talking about intercaste relationships and mm. or interracial relationships. I think those, because of the way it's policed in the country, uh, whether in form of love jihad or, you know, mm. other ways, I think it's so difficult to have those kind of inter-religious, inter-caste uh, relationship that the question of marriage in India is also very different. It's not, you know, one cannot be very completely dismissive Mm-hmm. of monogamy, the way, you know, people do that in some other contexts.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but I was actually uh, thinking, uh, because we, we, we are discussing the, the issue of the rights, the rights sort of changing responses to queerness. Are you, I think, w- were part of a committee, um, a subcommittee, which was trying to create this uh, new syllabus called uh, Interrogating Queerness. And uh, uh, I can't Mm -hmm. remember who had issues with these, like which specific board had issues with these texts, but I know that this course, which you Mm -hmm. were uh, sort of trying to conceptualize and another course on uh, caste, which uh, which was a main, I think it was a main sort of department course that was being mm-hmm. made by the English department. And this mm-hmm. course that you were making was perhaps offered, or w- would have been offered to non-English honor students. So, and there was a lot of resistance to these texts being taught. And if I'm not mistaken, they were not passed eventually. So, could you tell us a bit about why, who, like, what was the logic behind this resistance? Like, were people uncomfortable with the discussion of queerness in relation to religion? Like, what was going on?
1: Okay, so um, from 2017 to uh, early um, or mid uh, 2019, you know, various committees, uh, you know, worked uh, of, of teachers. Uh, for you know, sort of a new syllabus for the English department. Um, uh, this uh, paper uh, called interrogative Queness. I was part of the subcommittee which sort of you know f- uh, formulated the the syllabus. Uh, you know, after so many meetings and so much of discussions and all, um, and there was some kind of resistance that why there should be a paper on queerness. We also had uh, you know huge sort of uh, sort of apprehension or uh, that, you know, if you call the paper on LGBT or, or sexuality or, or homosexuality or such, it, it won't be even passed. So you know, we, we, we had to be very subtle and about uh, the nomenclature of the paper. And mm. uh, uh, so, I mean, finally, we, you know, managed to get this paper across, but, you know, there were certain voices which thought that, you know, if, um, uh, which had some kind of objection to the inclusion of you know text you know sort of episodes from mahabharata and then uh how you know talks about sort of trans uh, uh trans lives and uh, same sex unions uh, from these sort of sacred texts so they had you know during the meetings they had um, the, you know the the larger meeting when you know the, Part, people who are not part of this paper, but, you know, from other papers or, you know, uh, they would have sort of kind of uh, comments on on okay, why we should have these pap- kind of paper. The CAST paper, which I was not a part of, uh, you know, the subcommittee, but uh, was supposed to be a sort of a, a, a mandatory compulsory paper for okay. students, whether in second or third year, somewhere during their uh, undergrad but uh, there was objection the, that, you know, why do we need to teach this? You know, of course, you know, who would these people, you can imagine those people. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the end, you know, after, you know, all of this, we only managed to get the paper as an optional paper, me, which means, you know, uh, it would be an optional out of 14 or, you know, more than 14 papers where a college will opt for, for uh, you know, four or three Three to four, four maximum. So generally, they offer sometimes only two papers, where they again will, you know, offer diaspora paper or Indian writing in English paper or some very regular sort of papers. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the end, you know, uh, out of you know so many colleges, more than sixty colleges in DU, um, which which have you know maybe at least forty w- would have English honors, and only four, I think three colleges, uh, offered interrogating QNS. Uh, same with the paper on caste and literature. Very few colleges offered it, uh, you know. So, uh, so that's the reality. That's so the I was, reality. I,
0: I had a question here. I was th- I'm wondering, like, we you have taught uh, texts like uh, Funny Boy uh, mm-hmm. by Sham Salvedurai and uh, A. Revitri's A Truth About Me. Uh, so some mm-hmm. of these texts have been there in our syllabi, like Engli- in English literature syllabi, which is mm. made by, you know, uh, teachers, educators like you across colleges from Delhi uh, University. So do you think it's the, like the name, the mm. issue of, was it the issue of nomenclature in particular that was inviting this kind of response? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, that's right. You know, uh, you mentioned e. Revitis, uh, You know, the autobiography, the truth about me it was part of a paper which was called autobiography. Right. Um, um, so it was easy to, you know, include one queer sort of autobiography, you uh, know, in, in a paper called autobiography. Then, you know, having a full-fledged interrogative queerness paper, which you know, the title spells itself is very subversive. Um, uh, so that, that sort of invited so much of a scrutiny and, and delay and, and passing of this paper. So yeah. Um, I have taught, uh, I, you know, for many years in the past, but the, uh, when F, uh, FIUP came, uh, Funny Boy was there in the syllabus, which is an excellent text. Uh, it was in a paper called uh, Popular Literature. Right. Uh, postcolonial. Uh, not pos- there used to be a postcolonial paper as well where I taught, um, you mentioned, uh, Revati. I didn't teach Revati. I have read Revati um it uh, i taught a black sort of text uh african-american text uh about black boy mm-hmm. oh, yeah. um so i mean i'm also invested in you know african-american writing so i, I taught them uh, but i taught funny boy for a couple of years and i loved teaching it um then i also taught in a in a po- i think in a paper called uh, 20th century uh, British literature post Second World War, where uh, we had uh, "My Beautiful Laundry" right. uh, by uh, Hanif Qureshi, Qureshi mm-hmm. that I taught, which uh, which is no longer part of the syllabus. Uh, oh, so I you think- know the you know yeah so but like Kureishi was in you know started to be included in the, you know 2010s uh, mid 2010s uh, in you know this you know sort of very Subtly and strategically, which I'm very proud of those who you know did that. You know our senior uh, academics, Um, uh, but you know to introduce a full-fledged paper title uh, 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 with the word queerness in it was uh, very welcoming, but also sort of uh, a challenge. And we, I mean, if you know, uh, would know that you know at this moment we are going to work on again, sort of re. Sort of modeling uh, mm-hmm. the syllabus for the new NEP uh, syllabus four years oh, right. uh, sort of. Uh, oh, that's, that's so going to be there will effect. be certain texts that will be eliminated, and you know certain texts that will be you know sort of introduced in. So I mean the next couple of months are going to be again a very very interesting uh, as far as the syllabus is concerned. There could mm-hmm. be certain texts, uh, especially from caste and queerness, and, and these uh, some of these papers that could be dropped
0: I was thinking like how this
1: uh, the vocabulary
0: which now seems very accessible you know people can easily so there cannot be a subtle way of including a text and mm-hmm. I, I was a little surprised uh, that this course the course on uh, queerness was mm-hmm. I mean there was so much of criticism because I had issues with the texts actually for mm-hmm. another reason because I was thinking that a lot of these are uh, like Hindutva gay boys have been using Mahabharat mm-hmm. and Ramayan mm-hmm. to kind yeah. of say that Hinduism is tolerant and, you know, queer, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. So mm-hmm. I was, I think I remember writing an email um, mm-hmm. uh, to uh, to one of the committee members that uh, why you just have texts from Ruth Vanita, you know? Like, so I had some issues mm-hmm. with the way the texts were formulated. so mm-hmm. And I was wondering then, is there is there like contradiction between different right oriented groups and so some people are like you know more let's say uh, in a way illiberal as compared to others who want to use Hinduism and even Hindutva to sort of you know show that India is exceptional
1: yeah, I mean, you have a valid point when you you know point out towards you know using of, of you know uh, the story of Shakuntala uh, from yeah. Mahabharata, maybe something from Rig Veda to you know to prove uh, that you know traditionally Hindu societies have I have identified you know trans people um, uh, as a, as you know as part of you know sort of same sex union or acceptance of same sex people, um, so you know. Uh, you know LGBT groups in, in India. I mean, nowadays, you know, they always use these, you know, texts uh, to to in a way propagate uh, a sort of a Hindu cultural a culture which is, you know, accept you know based on acceptance of the queers, uh, you know, sort of mythology from the mythology and historically, uh, and who who also says that you know. The queer citizen in India need to just you know be patient and 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 um, and you know step by step you know someday soon you know we all be equal and and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, I don't know. I mean, there there's also a, a part of you know to resisting uh, to resist uh, the the sort of the Western uh, sort of model of of of, of queer pride or or, or uh, uh, marriage equality uh, yeah
0: i have one last question for you and this mm-hmm. concerns your dogs and mm-hmm. um and they are lovely i have met quite <laughs> them uh but i was i want to go back to what earlier you said about rights and that you are not that much invested in you know gay rights But I have always seen you as someone who is very much invested in animal rights and someone who also questions, you know, what kind of people, uh, what kind of humanity, or I don't know how to sort of frame this, but let's say what kind of ethical values people should have in relation to animals. And I know you have faced issues in your Um, housing, which is, which is uh, the, you know, which is something overall like owned by the university. So can you tell me how does, if there is a relationship between your love for sport, you uh, identifying as uh, Dalit, you are Dalit and you identifying as queer and your love for animals?
1: Um, yeah my uh, you know it's it's accidental you know um, I wasn't into you know pets and then you know I used to see growing up you know being poor and, and from the village and you know uh, Dalit uh, you know I always uh, was kind of sort of cynical you know I saw people with pets because I thought it's all the rich people you know having pets um, and all of that but I think over the years uh, you know accidentally I, I I uh, adopted uh, a lot of puppies who are, mm-hmm. are dogs, you know, adult dogs who live with me. Uh, it was accident. I did not, you know, I wasn't a sort of uh, dog loving, a pet loving young boy, uh, you know. Uh, but uh, I feel like, you know, uh, I'm just lucky that I have the benefits of, 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 of living with, uh, pets so they have taught me to be sort of more caring uh you know about animal rights and i mean i'm not an activist i i i i i haven't i really don't do much which i should be doing i did some work during the pandemic uh for the you know pets outside uh mm-hmm. try to help once in a while whenever people approach me and all that um but uh, yeah i think it's uh some so some, uh, somehow this, you know, I have discovered again, you know, being queer and living alone and um, discovering, uh, you know, accidentally or otherwise uh, that, you know, one can have, uh, have a different model of family and uh, uh, where, where you, you live with uh, your pets and they are, you know, part of your family, uh, mm-hmm. just like, you know, children and uh, human children. Mm-hmm. and uh yeah <laughs> I don't know much to say uh but yeah it's it's like it's, i i feel like this is queerness queerness cannot just be being homo- you know homosexual or trans yeah. Yeah. but uh queerness is like an alternative family model that you can you can present and also fight for uh so i often you know i don't talk much about <laughs> dogs uh anymore uh but in forums or with colleagues uh, uh but uh yeah it's interesting when you know people talk about their wives and kids and children all the time um, <laughs> and you know i have uh, uh where they think that you know raising kids human kids is is, is a huge which is a huge responsibility and, and work but also uh having pets is is, is also just like raising kids children mm-hmm. raising children yeah so uh, i be- i think that the world is very uh, anthro uh, uh, what do, what, do, what is the word anthropocentric uh, you know, yeah yeah like it's focused on the the human humans but i believe that the world uh, you know this earth belongs to all humans as well as animals mm-hmm. uh, you know that's a, that's a learning that you know have that have come to me uh, while sort of uh, living with animals mm-hmm so it's i mean it's it's a very positive outcome and also during living in pandemic uh, in in sort of isolation we we had where i hardly had any interaction with human beings because teaching was online even neighbors were not meeting each other um so it was difficult but also it was it was less difficult made less difficult than you know they were pets uh, mm-hmm. you can't chat with them talk with them but still you can talk with them because right uh they are uh, who they are uh they are you know uh, members of family
0: yeah and i love i love how you describe you know this kind of queer family structure and mm-hmm. and i and you know that i also think of sanya as queer as serena as queer especially how they carry themselves on court um mm-hmm. and fight for what they believe in and so this was a lovely conversation. Thank you so much. And as usual, uh, I, am, I went over the requested time, but I will share this with you. And you can let me know if you want certain parts to be you know edited, uh, removed, basically. And yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rajesh. Thank you.